Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. As we are caring for new believers, we likely often follow the pattern of the Apostle Paul as he cared for the young church in Thessalonica by giving them encouraging and hopeful passages from the Bible. In Thessalonians, it was Paul's word concerning the coming rapture of the believers at the end of the age and the Lord Jesus' promised return from the heavens to the earth that filled them with hope. But if we're fully faithful to the pattern of the apostle, we'll also bring them to the words of warning and sobriety that Paul concluded the book of 1 Thessalonians with in chapter 5. Listen to this lengthy passage at the beginning of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. But concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need for anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know perfectly well that like a thief in the night, so the day of the Lord comes. When they say, Peace and security, then sudden destruction comes upon them, just as birth pangs to a woman with child, and they shall by no means escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep during the night and those who get drunk are drunk during the night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to the obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us in order that whether we watch or sleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, comfort one another and build up each other, even as you also do. Francis Ball has joined us for our fellowship today. And Francis, I'm deeply impressed, I think, even as we get going today, the nature of this kind of word that Paul spoke to these young believers right on the heels of these uh, encouraging, most hopeful words in chapter 4 all about the Lord's coming and about how we will all be raised and raptured together with him. So there must be something certainly in his heart and in the mind of the Lord of God's uh, sovereign arrangement of his holy word to bring these things uh, on the heels of one another, don't you think? Yes, this is quite sobering to say the least, and to see how Paul dealt with this young church, addressing them as the church and calling their attention to all the things that he did to give them a lot of hope and comfort and a desire and love. But at the same time, he didn't stop after he gave them this kind of hopeful word, but he followed it with a warning word, which we'll see today. And I really am thankful for such a word, because it was with such a word that I was sobered up to realize that my vain hope was not based entirely on what the Bible says, but only what part of the Bible was saying. So I feel like this is a message Mm -hmm. every seeking one of the Lord Jesus needs to hear. So we really hope that a good number will listen to this message today over their radio. 
Well, for those who've been with us during this whole week, the last two programs were devoted to chapter 4 and these two matters of the rapture and the Lord's second coming, which we saw in some detail yesterday, this matter of the parousia, meaning the Lord's presence. And I think we spoke two days ago as we opened up the matter, especially concerning the rapture of the believers, that Paul's word in First Thessalonians chapter 4 is quite general in this matter. Uh, it's very positive, very hopeful, but it doesn't go into a lot of detail. And for the detail, you have to go to other passages in the New Testament, Gospel of Matthew particularly, Revelation, and First Corinthians concerning the matter of judgment. So we were able to touch a few of these additional things that were probably quite new to many of the listeners that are comfortable or at least uh, familiar with the common thought, the more traditional teaching concerning the rapture, that all the church is raptured at the same time before the tribulation, and we definitely brought another view, at least to their consideration. Now, I think that is somewhat strengthened when we realize here's the warning that Paul brings to these young believers immediately after giving them this general sketch of the rapture and the Lord's second coming. And it's clear reading the verses that we opened the program with today. Paul is talking to the believers here, isn't he? He tells them, you are all not of the night, you're of the day. That indicating that they had received salvation, the initial salvation, born again, eternally secure, yet he still tells them to be watchful and to be sober. And I think that's an important matter to keep in mind as we get into this program today. Let's uh, join Witness Lee with the first portion of his uh, fellowship today. Right after the hope of such a holy life for the church life, Paul presents us they are watchfulness and the soberness of this life. As we have such a hope, a hope that the Lord Jesus will come back and we will be raptured to him. A wonderful hope. We need to be persons who are so watchful and who are also so sober. Right? Because... Right in chapter 4, Paul just comforts us with such a hope of the Lord coming back. At that coming back, we all will be raptured. We do have such a hope, right? But for such a hope, we need a living. We need a living, which is watchful and sober. What is to be watchful and what is to be sober? Watchfulness refers to a battle, a fighting. Some versions render watchfulness vigilant. You know this word is a word relating the situation to a warfare. This kind of concept is fully confirmed by verse 8. Because there you have breastplate. And you have the helmet. Both the breastplate and the helmet, they are the armor for fighting. Right? Only the soldiers wear helmet and breastplate. When they are fighting, they are watchful. When they stop fighting, they are not watchful. Don't forget, you are on the battle. You are fighting. All the enemies are around you. You see? And even the enemies may be above you. This is why you need the helmet. So, this is, yes, an epistle 
to the young believers. In all chapters, you have some basic principles, and these principles are the elementary teaching. Very basic. You see, even in the elementary teaching, you have the warfare here. He doesn't say, brothers, you have to realize you are on the battlefield. You have to fight. He doesn't say this way. But what he says here implies the fighting. Francis, I think it's good to have this brought back to our realization frequently regarding this book. In this book, because it is to this young church, this church of new believers, at the most a year in the Lord, Paul's speaking is basic, it's general, as he just put it, somewhat elementary. It's not the details that he gives us in a number of the other epistles, but even his introduction of this matter of warfare here is done in a basic way, isn't it? Yes, what he's uh, bringing out here is to help us to realize that there is a battle going on, Mm -hmm. and this battle is going on, and we're part of it. Talk a little bit about uh, these two matters he brings up in this passage, the helmet and the breastplate. Well, you know, a helmet is something that we use when we're in a battle, and also the breastplate is for protecting us. And these two items indicate that there's a battle going on, Mm -hmm. and we need to have this kind of protection. So the basic things that we learned of in the first part of this epistle need the protection. The breastplate is for the protection of our faith and love, and the uh, helmet is to protect our hope. Yeah, we saw these three things early on in the life study, faith, love, and hope. And and now there's a a covering of all three of these here with these two items uh, related to the warfare. Yes, the breastplate and the helmet. Paul talks about the breastplate and the helmet I think people realize Paul talks about these in other places, particularly in Ephesians chapter 6, which we'll get to in the final segment of the program today. There, as we uh, mentioned, we see a lot more detail devoted to the development of these matters. But at least here, there's a clear indication to the young believers that, yes, you're saved. Yes, the Lord is coming. Yes, you will be raptured. But don't use that as an excuse to fall asleep. Yes, that's right. We have to realize that this salvation that we have uh, was brought to us through the death of the Lord Jesus, but that brought us into another life, which also brings us into a battle. I read these verses a minute ago, just to pick up a couple of them again, because they are, uh, I think, helpful to this next section we're about to get into. Verse 6, so then let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep during the night and those who get drunk are drunk during the night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober. Two times. Meaning this is a point he was particularly burdened to emphasize, doesn't it? I think this is very key to our understanding of what we are to be like in this battle. To be sober and to be watchful are really important elements of our defense against the enemy. But... So much of uh, the teaching among Christians only takes us up to the hopeful part, which we're happy about, but it's very easy to get drugged Mm. and very easy just to go to sleep and not be that serious about our holy living. But these things today are to point us how to protect our holy manner of life. Well, let's go back to the witness lady. We'll talk a bit more, particularly about this matter of being sober in this next segment. To be watchful and sober. While God is fighting, you take side with him. You fight. 
with him. Our God today is not resting. Even the more he's not sleeping, why you should sleep? He's fighting. What should you do? You should also fight. Sometimes some army couldn't sleep for three days and three nights. Why? The fighting doesn't allow them to sleep. If they sleep, they lose the war. They have to fight. To fight simply means to be watchful, to be on the alert. You must realize, dear saints, Christian life. Yes, it is a holy life for the church life. Such a life is a fighting life. We are on the battlefield. We must be on the alert. So, the proper meaning to be watchful is just to fight. Then, what is to be sober? No doubt, this is connected to be watchful. To be sober is just to be clear about your fighting situation. You are clear where you are. You are clear where is your enemy. You are clear how your enemy is attacking you. And you are clear how you have to fight back. And you are clear about your direction. This is to be sober. You are clear in every view, in every direction, in everything. You know who are your enemies. And you know where are your enemies. And you know what are your enemies doing. And you know how your enemies are attacking you. You know how to protect yourself, how to fight back. You are so clear about your situation. This is to be sober. Paul here used the word drunk. Sober versus drunk. And watch versus sleep. I like to impress you. If we talk about the hope, of the Lord's coming. We have to check with ourselves. Where are we? How are we? Are we sleeping? Are we drunk? Or are we watchful? Or are we sober? Francis, I think this is the key point. Paul has given these believers these two words. Watchful. Sober. And now... Witness Lee has just somewhat challenged us to ask these same questions. Are we watchful or are we asleep? Are we sober or are we stupefied? And we have to be faithful uh, in our own midst, in the midst of all of the believers and, you know, wherever they may find themselves. There's shamefully, I think for all of us as believers, not much sobriety and not much watchfulness these days, it seems, is there? I'm afraid that's the case. To be watchful indicates that there are enemies that we need to be watching out for. And also, it indicates that we need to be on the alert. At every moment, we should be on the alert. I know during the Second World War, I was on an island, yeah, and we were expecting to be attacked by the Japanese Air Force. So we were on the alert. Don't think that the battle that was fought at uh, Guadalcanal ended the war. We were north of Guadalcanal, and we were still under the threat 
So we had to be watchful. We had to know where we were. We had to know something about where our enemy was and how Mm -hmm. he was attacking. This is certainly true in the spiritual realm. We need to know where we are and what the enemy does to try to dissuade us and drug us and put us to sleep. And I think sometimes even the promises in the Bible and the hopeful things that we've already seen in First Thessalonians get used in a drugging way. Yeah, They make us feel like everything is okay, no need to be worried, no need to be concerned, just go back to sleep. Yeah, that's really striking because a lot of times these verses in chapter 4 are somewhat lifted from their context, and that's okay. Uh, And it's a way to confirm from God's Word the fact that there is this rapture coming and that all the believers will be raptured, and the Lord is coming again to receive us all. And these are hopeful, encouraging words. So it's okay to take that and especially to strengthen and uh, encourage young believers. But uh, we have to also be faithful to put it back in its context and say, yes, but it's also followed by this sober warning And uh, I think your point is really a valid one. And, you know, we just finished a war that a lot of our listeners probably watched most of it on their TV set in live time showing people the battle. And uh, you had the realization, even though the battle went quite well, a big key to that had to be the fact that they were very watchful and vigilant. They knew where the enemy was. They knew what he was doing at what time. And that gave, uh, of course, the armies uh, that were victorious a huge advantage, doesn't it? It's really so. If we know where we are and we know where our enemy is, then we know how to be watchful and we certainly would be sober. Let's come back to this matter of the breastplate and the helmet that Paul mentions here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Ephesians, as we said earlier. There's more detail. Just read a couple of verses. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, chapter 6, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which spirit is the word of God. This portion in the latter part of chapter six in Ephesians, really the probably the clearest and most detailed writings on the matter of the warfare, isn't it? It really follows the whole scheme of the approach in Ephesians to see that the final chapter is dealing with the warfare. And while we have that in 1 Thessalonians, we have it in an elementary form. But in Ephesians, you get much more detail of how to be in the battle. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our last segment. If we are so watchful, if we are so sober, surely we wear the armor. We have the breastplate and we have the helmet. And the breastplate is just to cover, to safeguard the faith and love. And the helmet is just to cover your hope. So all the three basic structures of Christian life are safeguarded. They are safeguarded by what? By our fighting by our watchfulness and soberness. If you read this carefully with the references in Ephesians 6, you could see this is an elementary teaching of the spiritual warfare. So, you need to go on from chapter 5 of this book to Ephesians 6. And there you could see my 
The real war is raging on. And there you have the breastplate, and there you have also the helmet. The same thing. Now, the proper fighting is just to be watchful and to be sober. This is your fighting. And this fighting safeguards your Christian life. When you put up the armor, you have your entire being exposed to the enemy. No safeguard, no covering, no breastplate, no helmet, you see, no protection. But we are watchful, we are sober, now we are fighting. And we just safeguard the structure of our Christian life. Then, when he comes, we will be saved. To be saved from the coming destruction and from the slavery of the corruption of the old creation. We'll be free. Hallelujah. Francis, he brings up a point here at the end I'd like to come back to. In this passage that we're reading today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul talks about the matter of salvation again, the hope of salvation, and the obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yet it's clear in the context here, this can't be referring to the initial salvation of the believers that had taken place about a year before Paul writes this. So in what context is warfare related to our salvation? Well, In this connection, we have to realize that salvation is more than just being redeemed. But there is a salvation that includes our whole being, and that is we would be prepared for the Lord's coming. We would be uh, among those who will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ and counted worthy to enter with him into the coming kingdom. So I would just like to read portion of what was brought out in this message The Lord died for us not only that we may be saved from eternal perdition, but also that we may live together with him through his resurrection, a life that can save us from the coming destruction. We may live together with him whether we watch or sleep. That is, whether we live or die, we will be to him, as Romans tells us. But on the other hand, he is with us. Not only we are with him, but he is with us, and we can live together with him. So we're in this battle with the Lord. The Lord is coming to judge, but the enemy is trying to destroy the world that he's going to judge. So we have these two fighting. Yeah. And now we just stay with the Lord, stay with God, with his judgment, and fight this battle by maintaining a holy life, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and the other equipment that it's brought out in Ephesians chapter 6, the sword of the Spirit, and so on. Yeah, all of the items of the armor are, of course, uh, explained and, and presented in Ephesians chapter 6. This matter of salvation here, in a sense, it seems to me what Paul is saying, don't consider your salvation just in the future context. Yes, you're saved for eternity, but are you saved today? Yeah, right. Are you being saved right now? That's right. Or are you being run over? And uh, for this, we do desperately need a kind of watchfulness and a sobriety in this dark and evil age in which we're uh, certainly all living today. 
So let us not sleep or be drugged. Amen. But be watchful and be sober. It's good to have you on board today. I'm talking about your World War II service. I know you were in the Navy, so uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us on The Watch, uh, Francis, for this program. Well, I was glad to be here, and I look forward to some more times with you. Good. We uh, invite you back as well. We've uh, concluded now our third week in the Life Study of First Thessalonians. We have at least a couple to go. If you'd like to reach us to get the printed Life Study messages, find out more about Living Stream Ministry or the Ministry of Witness Lee or Watchman Nee. We invite you to call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. We will be here, Lord willing, on Monday of next week. We hope you'll be back then for all of these programs as we carry on further in the life study of First and Second Thessalonians. For Francis Paul, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks very much for listening today. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.